This is the one with a master and commander, an officer and a gentleman, and tons of seamen. It's called the Sea Devil. Here we go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space, counting Daleks, Dalek food, and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales, and the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal road. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be? Who back when? Who back when? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode C. 062 of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Pass. Correctamundo, Nick Hammer. That's right. I am sitting in the studio with Nick. Hello, Nick. How you doing, Podcast Land? Hello, hello. And I am Pumpkin. And today we are talking about the Sea Devils. Holy smokes. Not what I had expected. <laughs> no. I mean, yes and no. Really? A bit of a continuation of what we've seen so far with Pertwee. For, yeah. Um, for loads of reasons. Certainly. But uh, I don't know. I was expecting... We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. What I did not realise at all, at all, was that they were related to the Silurians. I ha- I knew this. I knew oh, really? they were, but I thought there would be more, well, Silurian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, hang on. Let's catch people up. Shall we uh, jump into a bite-sized chunk of who super-duper quickly? Let's. Time for us to synopsize, clarify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all. We like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who? Doc and Joe are off to visit the master, who, like a less maniacal Richard Branson, has his own island. Imprisoned there indefinitely and with unfettered access to sabres, robes and moustache wax, not to mention the most lax prison warden ever, the master has got it into his brain to team up with yet another non-human civilization. This time he has partnered with the Sea Devils, the aquatic cousins of the Silurians, to defeat mankind and reclaim this blue marble in the name of reptiles wearing chainmail everywhere. Wonder if it's going to backfire on him. Peace go over. over. You, you are, are welcome. welcome. Oh, wow. We we are out of practice. What was that? I that was totally out of again, if you like. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a question for you. Of course you do. If you fancy starting off with a question, that is. Always. <laughs> uh, what's the deal with Venetian blind CCTV? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What is that deal? Like, <laughs> I, there's so many bits of this serial that I would just like. Oh, we're going to have to talk about this other podcast. Yeah. I will have no explanation for Leon. <laughs> like, oh, he's going to ask me about that, isn't he's he? He's going to ask me about this. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. That's why I don't write notes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've seen this on something else, as in in some other sci-fi show. I can't, I can't really put my, my finger on it, but I feel like I've seen this exact effect, and I wonder if in the 70s this was a thing. Like, they were just like, well, isn't this a cool way to superimpose one piece of footage on another Venetian blinds. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know what it could be? It could be a chroma key. They could have, I mean, it could literally be like a, a Venetian blind setup. Right. And then behind it, they have the equivalent of, let's say, a blue screen. Mm. And as they open the Venetian blind, it is blue. And they, at the, I'm assuming they, yeah, they must have known how to chroma at the time. Because they, do you remember when we had the dual Pertwees and dual Joes? Yeah. Yeah, so that was clearly like, uh, well, blue screen, green screen, whatever, red screen. So now they've done the exact same thing, I reckon, behind Venetian blinds. So you think someone at the BBC has just gone, I've invented a thing! Or no, there's I, a new thing! I, well, I'm, I'm saying the technology clearly already existed. Yeah. I'm saying I suspect that it was also available to the BBC, as in for a 
just a TV production company. Okay. And I think that's why we end up with this completely nonsensical device. <laughs> okay. So speaking of just like the frontiers of 1970s yeah. production. Yeah. Uh, I want to take a quick sojourn into the music. Well, I wasn't going to get there right away because it's the elephant in the room. I'm going but, first. But yeah, okay, I'm let's do it. first because I think, you know, sort of talking about production, um, yeah. this, this still feels... So we've, we've gone through two Doctors now yeah. where we talked about the Wild West of, of TV production, sort of Hartnell definitely, yeah. uh, and, and try, trying new things. But it still feels like we're living through this boundless age of innovation when it comes to science fiction effects. Yeah, right. Uh, I think that's probably fair to say, and you know, n- not more so than the the music, uh, which is like eight bit torture, right? It's <laughs> like it's like an eight bit theremin. <laughs> it feels like an experimental art installation. Oh, what's that instrument called? It's not a synthesizer. It's like a synth made love to an organ. What's it called? Oh shit! They're with the keys, and they're like you touch yeah. it with like oh, I don't know what the fuck. They're okay, called. well, it feels like someone kicked one of those instruments in the groin because <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's awful. I hate it. I'm going to say that right. I hate the music in this. I hate the, the sound editing in this. The, the audio production aspect of the serial was dreadful to me. It's like someone. It's, it's like a Dalek stuck a trumpet up his ass. Uh, yeah, but at least that's arousing. <laughs> the, uh, we had a chat, ladies and gentlemen. Nick and I had a chat with some peeps on the Facebook Aroonies. Just was it yesterday? Two yeah. days ago? Uh, just saying, like, hey, we're watching the serial. I th- I, so I put, uh, you know, various things and said, but I'm not sure at all about the music. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I just, did I. I was like, I oh, God, the music. Multiple people going, the music is perfect. It's the most amazing thing. <laughs> I like. Uh, I make love to the soundtrack. I got married night. to this music. <laughs> I went and walked down Honey, the honey, come and read what this guy has said about you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I do not get it. So my partner in real life was, uh, was always watching this. She's just like wandering around doing stuff. She's like, how can you listen to this? Like, I honestly honestly don't know sometimes it's really charming and you know like sort of uh you know plinky plonky and 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 all those sort of fun but mostly it is not and mostly it's just piercing yeah i mean i'm assuming that everyone listening to us most of the people listening to us know exactly what we're talking about but just in case let's have a sound bite bajing bajing sound bite how do we get onto the court up that ladder now hold tight joe we're coming alongside now Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I made a note of two separate soundbites that are particularly relevant for this. <laughs> Here's another one. Bing bong. Hope you like that. Please stay with us. <laughs> we're going to we're going to speak in really soft, like you know, hush voices, just in case you were in the bath, or you were like drifting off to sleep. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I am not. And and, and so far throughout throughout all the poetry, I'm just like, I really hope that someone can string together a few notes in a sequence that I recognise. <laughs> but the thing is, people seem to really like this music. Seems to no pun intended, really resonates with people. Like, there are people who think that this is artistic, and you could argue that obviously it is. I mean, it is a, it is a work of art, but people seem to think that it is you know, pleasing to the ear. <laughs> I will take the innovation at, like, argument that they're, they're trying new things. Yeah. It does sound otherworldly, if that's the... Sure. Because I'm sure other worlds have concepts of music that I will fucking hate. Um, and this might be it. <laughs> yeah, but what I can see is a whole bunch of execs in the 70s at the BBC just 
listening to this going, it's too late for you to commission something else, isn't it? Or <laughs> 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 well, Malcolm Hulk's out there like going, okay, this is, it's nice. I, I see what you've done with the strings and the bra section and the wind, you know, that's, that's all very good. But have you ever thought about licking a theremin? Have you ever just thought about like, just wander up and see what that's like. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, what do you think of music? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so I'm not down with the music. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Different topic. We get the master again. Yes. We have the master again. And, I mean, we find out right off the bat. In fact, if you look at the DVD cover, he is on there. He is imprisoned mm. in Venetian CCTV lands and, uh, what, with just constant access to... Why are there sabers outside his room? Like, why, why is the prison warden, like, the most relaxed dude leaving the prison to the master? I don't understand. So all the decisions that led him up. So, okay, we're going to need to imprison him. Sure, he's very dangerous yeah. and possibly in the universe, right? Yeah. Um, okay, well, we need to put him in the most maximum secure. Okay, cool. Do yeah. we put him in, in general circulation? No, we need to give him his own thing. Yeah. An island, cool. Yeah, should should this island maybe be manned by unit staff? No, 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 we don't need them. We just need the Navy, who don't know anything about this dude, but are really good with the sea. And are immune to hypnosis. I don't understand why Unit isn't part of this. I don't know. But a real, real quick point. Go for it. The, the being, um, the psychic training yeah. turns up in New Who. Oh, does it? Yeah. Remind um, me. It turns up when it's the Daleks versus the Cybermen bit. And mm-hmm. um, one of the scientists, like, Rose tries to use a psychic paper. And they were like, well, we've all had level something. Psychic oh, training. that rings a massive bell. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's sweet. Nice. That's very good. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, that is the least likely, like, ca- like, don't you need to, like, Hannibal Lecter, this motherfucker, or Magneto? You know, like, you need to have him, no, like, uh, in <laughs> concrete or some shit. Well, it doesn't matter because the, the warden just lets him out. Yeah. He's just well, like, they're in cahoots, aren't they? It is the warden, right? Wait, hang on. You know what I think? I think I'm conflating the warden with uh, Walker. Yeah. They're uh, different. Yeah, Walker, Trenchard and Walker. Walker's the politician, the yeah. gluttonous one. Whom we, yeah, literally we get to see eat at close range. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Truncheon is the stupid patriotic man that buys it. Yeah. Wait, is it Truncheon? Trenchard. I know, I'm calling him Truncheon. Go for it. <laughs> or Trunchable. Oh, but why is he, he's, the warden is a complete buffoon. Yeah. And he's a, I mean, he's a nice guy. He just wants to play some golf and whatever. But wait, no, he, they are in cahoots. They I'm not conflating them because he totally takes the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He totally takes the monster to the naval base. Yeah. Uh, naval base. That the, uh. like, oh, we tricked them. No, we, well, that was a good show, wasn't it? We put on because like. Yeah. You know, uh, the doctor. Uh, he's not, oh. hmm. Is every member of the Navy immune to hypnosis, by the way? Or is no, it just the people no, on the islands? Later on in the sixth episode... Um, oh, there is one guy who one actually guy is, yeah, the dude who's wearing the Scooby-Doo mask. With a gun. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we're jumping all over the place. But yeah... <sighs> let's talk about the master. How no, did you feel about him? Yeah, let's do that. The master... First off, hats off to... Del- I'm not wearing a hat. I'm lying. I am wearing a hat. <laughs> hats off. I'm no longer wearing a hat. <laughs> Delgado- hats back on. <laughs> Delgado did a fantastic job. Delgado is... This is this is like one of those series that just sort of proves to me that Delgado is the optimal master in a way. He's mm. at least so far. Awesome. What a, what a dude. But then I hate the clangers scene. <laughs> That's just like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. And then when... when why does he have to wear... Like, he's got his awesome Raelian... Uh, robe on mm. but then you realize after a while oh he's just wearing that over his sweatsuit <laughs> <laughs> okay delgado is good as an actor yes being you know sort of not just the maniacal but that that sort of 
playful thing that you know he is friends with the doctor and that, that, that yeah. the genesis of that is really clear without too many words sure the the concept of the master in this i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say it gets a really easy ride from history i think a lot of people look back and go this was the great you know the master thing but he's got one move oh and we made great pains to talk about this over and over again <laughs> yeah and he does it again in such an infuriating way this is the worst iteration of it is this the worst one? yeah because like at the end he's uh, you know he's like i helped you i helped you you know when they sort of like cards <laughs> him off he's like you deserve to get fucked mate like and and also how how have you not learned from the cybermen from the autons <laughs> from what were they called the golden angel cherub dudes oh the um oh shit what was that the the like amorphous blob um yes exactly oh whatever yeah the so he from all of these he also then trusts the doctor yeah um, why the doctor is slightly better at what seemingly seems like a relatively basic circuit on that diagram than him oh right yeah right? yeah and also axons yeah axons nice why does he help why does he think oh well the doctor won't betray me but i mean yeah okay so the the doctor master scenario it plays out pretty much the exact same way. I mean, you can draw a diagram of the like the you know the the plots conveniences mm. of the master doctor dynamic, and they will line up perfectly between the uh, encounters with Cybermen, Autons, Axons, and this, but only in terms of their dynamic. At, at first, there's either a rivalry or a, a bit of bants, playful tete-a-tete. Yeah, or uh, actually maybe less than playful. I don't know. It's some some somewhere across the line of playful and harmful tete-a-tete. Actually, we need okay. After this, let's get back to the first encounter between them because that boggles my mind. Right. But yeah, okay. So there's that. Then there's the deception. The master goes, "Aha! I am the master." <laughs> then the master teams up with an alien or at the very least non-human civilization yeah. to allow that non-human civilization to take over the world or Ob- destroy it. Oliver plays his hand clearly in in a unequitable partnership <laughs> which in some fashion relies on technology that he has not mastered himself and requires the doctor's aid in completing <laughs> at which point <laughs> at which point the doctor fucks him yes but also the aliens or non-humans fuck him and he everyone is completely fucks surprised he's to- completely surprised and then he he makes a getaway by in an, incre- an incredibly visible and easy to track down <laughs> method of transport such as an ice cream truck or a hovercraft <laughs> uh, it's the royal fucking navy but he also uses a scooby-doo uh, oh, trick this is that? the second time this is the second time with the oh shit i'm sorry for screaming with the autons he did the same thing he scooby-dooed a dude scooby- and, <laughs> and then he ice cream trucked away and now right. he scooby-doos a dude and he hovercrafts away and by the way my notes when there was a, fi- uh, a hovercraft i wrote oh fuck me there's a hovercraft <laughs> <laughs> right. Hovercraft are objectively cool. Yes. That's 0.1 for the hovercraft. Uh, second hovercraft on Doctor Who so far, I believe. Yes, there was a land one, wasn't there? There was a, yeah, like in, a yeah an amphibious one, one yeah. Oh. in I mean, this one's amphibious as well. In uh, Enemy of the World. Now, this one is super cool. Love a hovercraft. Love them. Big in the 70s. Best awful. ever. Um, we should all be driving them. Where does Delgado... So, a, or, well, B, where are we? Three? I don't know. It's, it's he's scooby dooby doo a dude. Just to, for his full, yeah. for his full thing. Yeah, yeah. And third, <laughs> where does he keep getting these latex, uh, latex masks of his face? Oh, he, he just, wait, hang on, they that's come, a good they question. They come three to a can, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, th- this is a very good question because not only must he have just, he, he is carrying them upon his person, but also how, where, 
I mean, he was imprisoned a second ago. <laughs> yes. Did he make this? Mo- he must have made the mask out of like old ketchup packets and like <laughs> and like toenail clippings or some shit. How did he make this very elaborate, very lifelike? I don't know. He hides these masks on his person and probably has a whole stash of them. Right. I'm going to just in case, man. I'm going to introduce a thing, a mechanism by which they can all do whatever the fuck they like. Yeah. Which is Time Lord pockets. Yeah. There you right. go. But then you could also ask yourself another question. Why doesn't he have something more useful in that goddamn pocket that will enable him to escape the prison? Yeah, like a gun. (laughs) Gun. Oh, wait. That's it? That's all you needed? Problem solved. (laughs) Here's another thing. He does escape the prison. As in, I'm sorry, I don't mean at the end when he escapes mankind. He escapes the prison. He is outside of the prison. There's no problem. He doesn't have to go through it. There are other ways to destroy the planet. Also, yeah, why don't you lay low, go find your TARDIS, find another planet. We keep bringing that up. Another soundbite moment. Sorry, just because it answers your question. Here's a soundbite from the master explaining exactly why. I still don't see why you want to help them. What can you possibly gain? The pleasure of seeing the human race exterminated, Doctor. The human race of which you are so fond. Believe me, that'll be a reward in itself. This is a revenge trip for him. That's That's true, and I got that, yeah, because the Doctor is definitely fond, overly fond of the human race for various reasons. But he's not unfond of other races. He has shown empathy for lots and lots of races. He seems to be so okay like, with the sea devils. If he just murders, yeah, that's true. If he just murders indiscriminately, he'll get the doctor's attention and the doctor will be upset. So, oh, in, go for it. In, in either pocket, so he's in one pocket, he's got a mask of himself. Yep. In the other pocket, he's got a mask of the doctor and he just puts it on whatever prospective lover he has that night because he's definitely, definitely on some weird fucking trip. He both has... <laughs> And super loves the Doctor. Which I think can bring us all the way around to that first encounter between, well, not just Doc and the Master, but Doc and Joe and the Master. Mm. So two things that really struck me with that is, uh, first off, it seems like Doc and Joe literally only went there to say hello and then leave. (laughs) So, Hey, how's your freedom? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Peace. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) you, You got on a boat. To come here. Maybe just stick around for a while, have a chat, not just look at him through some Venetian blinds, then say hello, Mm. and then leave. That makes no sense. But that first encounter, this is the first time that they meet him since they arrested him in uh, the the demons. demons, And uh, he tried to destroy everyone and kill everyone, and he tried to burn the Doctor alive. And I, I feel like maybe there's too sharp of a contrast between that last encounter and this first encounter. Because here it's just like the Doctor goes, oh, no, see, I, uh, think I mean, really just, I mean he's I such th- a nice guy. I think it's utterly consistent. From now on, actually, all the way up to New Who, so it'll be, it'll be interested in what sort of other restorations are like. But he's always murderously maniacal, but he has this weird kindred thing. They're all school friends, as Pertwee says in, yeah. in this one. And the Doctor just constantly absolves him of all guilt. I think so in the same way that you might a brother. Um, who does fucked up stuff, but like family, and also oh, my brother have, tried to burn me alive. Yeah, oh. Hundred, honest, honest to God, that will have happened to someone on this planet, and they will have forgiven their brother. Yeah, I that's would fucking true. bet you. Yeah, that, but, no, that is probably. It's and it's probably true. been hundreds of years. So, like a day or like a couple of weeks don't really make that much difference. They they, they have odd concepts of time and emotion, I guess. Why the Joe is it? Uh, why the Joe? The Joe? The Joe isn't freaking out. I don't know. She's a human. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have this nostalgic affinity to the the master. The last time she met him, he was trying to take over the world with the help of an actual demon. 
Like he had summoned Satan to destroy mankind. Oh, he's so nice. He's what a nice guy. <laughs> oh. oh, God damn it. Yeah. The, uh, all right, here's another thing about the Masters. Uh, I mean, he's in quite dire straits. He is in prison. Hmm. Yeah. Quote from the Master, uh, I'd like another television set for the bedroom. And now in the 70s, <laughs> they were still <laughs> quite expensive. Yeah. I mean, Back to the Future, one springs to mind was like, yeah. how many TVs do you have? Two. Oh, no one has two TVs. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That wasn't 55. Still. But still. 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 This guy's in prison. <laughs> he has a separate bedroom. He has a flat on an island Oh, with a bunch of people who feed him sandwiches and sabers. <laughs> Why are there sabers? Because fencing scene. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's another thing that everyone really likes, but I roll my eyes at. Did you feel that there was a distinctly James Bondian feel to this serial? For this whole run, I've been saying that, and way too much in this serial. Like, the... Okay, let's let's talk really quick uh, quickly about the, like, Sinclair individual speedboats. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> right? of course. That chase thing, or whatever it was... <laughs> What? Mm. It's this serial's equivalent of the tricycle chase that yes, we had. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah Time of the Daleks. Right, you, get, the Daleks, you get one. You get one. You get one of the, the tricycle and the Ogrons, or the Master and <laughs> and uh, and uh, Pertwee having having fun on the water on their scooters, mm. uh, whatever they're called. I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> where did they come from? Do they just lie around on the beach? Well, yeah, obviously. Where do you leave your water scooter thingy? Wait, what the shit is it called? I wrote it down. Uh, jet ski. Jet ski, thank it's you. It's not a jet ski, though. It's like a personalized... It's a mini motorboat. Mi- yeah, mini speedboat. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a baby speedboat. The, the, okay, <laughs> we get the baby speedboat scene. We get a Hunt for Red October-esque mm. scene where, he's, uh, where we have the, the submarine. We have fencing. We have, what else? What else do we have that's James Bondian? Oh, uh, we have a naval base, people in uniform. There's lots of military stuff going on. I feel like there was something else that was incredibly Bondian. Oh, there's a... Oh, when he goes diving as well. Interfering, bumbly politician. That's a bit Bondy. Yeah, that's true. But that's, we've had that in in, uh, in Classic Who. There's always some Lord, you know, Lord Mm -hmm. Steve, who's just... He's going to screw it up for everyone. Yeah. But the... I I wrote down also that the... the moment where he's about to get into the diving bell, where he's putting on his, uh, like the, you know, the diving suit and everything. Yeah. That felt incredibly Bondian, like super Bondian. I wrote it down. And then 10 minutes later, he emerges, or one episode later, he emerges, takes off his diving suit, his wetsuit, and he is wearing his frilly shirt and suit underneath. Could not be more Bond. That's the beginning of Dr. No. Yeah. And also, there was yet more Aikido. And an Aikido-like sound effect... I don't remember that, but I do remember him actually screaming Aikido at one well, point. It, I, I either thought that was a sound effect or that fucking happened. He's like, Aikido! <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, you don't have to say the words, buddy. Karate! <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, too much, just too much. I started to, yeah, I lost focus. Okay. Uh, I want clever, clever, you know, clever raggedy, bots. raggedy Troughton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> raggedy Troughton, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Okay, is it a question if we can just jump to the submarine for a bit. Yeah. So the the sea devils take over the sub. Mm. They bring it down somehow. I can't remember how they do. Probably with their heat ray, uh, and uh, they take it over. And then all of a sudden, they're guarding all these humans, and it seems like they're almost 
collaborating with the humans to a certain degree. Like they're holding them hostage and they're saying like, this is what you need to do and mm-hmm. you've got to give us information. But there doesn't seem to, there are two things that bother me about this. First off, there doesn't seem to be any kind of motive here. Like they haven't hijacked the thing, at least not very well, because it turns out you just need to use the torpedoes that the sub carries to get out of there. Mm. And they don't seem to have a plan. It's like, oh, we got this sub because, you know, because we, it's carrying nukes and we want to, whatever, you know, blast some particular target. And then the second thing is, there's a scene where there's a sea devil guarding these three dudes who are pretending to play cards. And one of the dudes goes, I've got a plan. I'm going to write down, write little notes with what I want you to do, which is like fake that you're having uh, an episode yeah. or whatever. And the third guy doesn't get it at all. Why? Why does he not? How can you not understand yeah. this? Let's play consequences. That's not how you play consequences. Shut the fuck up, Steve. <laughs> Do you not realize there's a reptile game holding us hostage? You thought it would all, all be just, you know, submarines and card games. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I don't, can you explain the whole submarine subplot? <laughs> subplot. Can you explain the subplot to me, please? No, no, I can't because I can't really understand the sea devil. Like, so the sea devils, the sea devils as like an agent of the master, I kind of get. They do briefly say, oh, well, we would like our planet back now. Um, How did he contact them? With the like sonar device, right? How? But this is, that feels like something he did later on. He did that, you know, later on he did that to like wake them all up. But like he made a little one to like try and because he commands those ones onto the beach, right? Yeah. Um, when they go to the minefield. Um, oh, also, let's just again step a little bit out of the plot. Yeah. Okay. And talk about the sea devils. And yeah, we haven't talked about them at all. How, Titular characters. Tell me about the look and feel of the sea devils. So when you just see them, uh, when you when you're just looking at them, they're they're standing still in front of you, or even they're walking towards you i'm happy with them i think they look like just this tremendous classic who creature foe whatever but then they speak and you realize not only do they speak english but they don't move when they speak it's like watching the green goblin in in you know in the in the first spider-man uh, movie the whatever that I, I was severely unimpressed by that but in no in general i like them i think they look great i don't understand the outfit we talked about this before we press record, ladies and gents. Why are they wearing coats made out of? You think that it I, is? It looks like chainmail. Which I gotta tell you, if you ever, if you ever think about, you know, quitting your job as an accountant and being an underwater reptile amphibious super race, chainmail's where it's at. Chainmail ain't a good look. It's heavy. <laughs> it rusts. Like I don't the, think it's chainmail. Uh, to me, it conjured up like images of well, of like um, nets, like fishing nets, because mm. they're also bad. But yeah, also bad. Yeah, like designed to restrict you, restrict your movement as an amphibious creature. But the uh, no, in general, I like them. Did you not like the look of the sea devils? Uh, I like, like I said, I like the look statically. No, I didn't. Oh, no, I was not offended by the look statically. When they run and this sort of latexy thing flops, and you know, like there's a man in there and he, fl- he looks awful, especially when juxtaposed with the awesomeness of Alpha Centauri, the, <laughs> the Ice Warrior, you know, that fucking weird head in a jar. It was... that Those were wicked. Yeah. And these are not. Uh, how would you compare these to the Silurians? Silurians are better. Uh, why? I think they were better designed. I feel like someone sat down and, and did that and, and basically didn't go too overboard with the latex. Oh, okay, interesting. I I think... I mean, I think they're sort of on par. Uh, I I like both. Well, I, I, I was a little bit surprised to find that while the Silurians had that weird diamond in their forehead that could do anything from, like, build walls, destroy walls, control computers, open doors, hypnotize yeah. people, and kill, uh, these dudes didn't. Well, 
So here's another point of contention because the doctor says these aren't actually Silorians. No, they're like well, they're Eo scene. Oh no, no, well, he, he says Silorians. Uh, mischaracterizes Silorians. Yeah, exactly. So those weren't Silorians. No, Silorians should have been called Eocenes. He says they were named Silorians because someone just pointed out the wrong era, like the wrong epoch. You know, and, oh, and, I see. and it, it was in the Eocene period or during the Eocene period that they emerged, I guess. But then, or reigned, maybe is okay, what he's trying to say. That doesn't really loads of sense especially later on in who in new who it's like jurassic park should have been the triassic park oh, quite yeah but that would be like what the the tyrannosaurus rex then referring to himself as born in the you know like later on the silorians call themselves the silorians yes and i was gonna say something make another reference to a different alien in that context mm. ice warriors ice warriors were called ice warriors by some dude who happened Found to find them in the one of them in the ice yeah and then they refer to themselves as ice warriors in fact everyone does and i think the same thing goes for the silorians yeah when you think about it it's kind of bullshit isn't it? yeah yeah oh it's it told my lords bs tm bs <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Still, I like him. Uh, I really like him. Uh, I especially like when that one sea devil gets scared by the mines and runs away all like... I can't do the... You know what I'm trying to do. Yeah, the Futurama. Yes, exactly, yeah. Oh, you're better than I am. Three Stooges, but yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Which I didn't know until about a week ago. I can't remember what it was. I saw some... Slap you on the head and go... No, I, I, I saw. An, I'd get out of my way. <laughs> I saw an actual scene of the Three Stooges referenced in another film on TV or whatever. I can't remember what it was. So you've never actually seen. Th- you've just seen it through the lens of various other things. I've not. Ac- I've not actually seen the Three Stooges. I have only seen it either referenced on TV or aped by a cartoon clammer man. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All this week on Stooge back when. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Is- <laughs> so so okay let's talk so that was a weird and kind of cra- you know crappy scene yeah really cool scene of like murder death mayhem you know uh gun fighty things yeah so hovercraft landing and you know fucking people firing shit was wicked yeah but also the anti-sea devil gun what was the anti-seed devil gun? Like, Captain Hart is manning this fuck-off, like, 40 millimeter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, well, it, that is... Odd, I, I, I don't know if I saw this on IMDb or on TARDIS Wikia, but they, they had the actual collaboration of the Navy. Mm. And uh, as in, there are actual naval officers or, you know, Navy men, seamen in this thing. And lots of, like, proper stock footage of Navy shenanigans. Yeah. It's not like, oh, the BBC took a, you know, a, a tube of cardboard and like, no, oh, no, no. now we have a gun. It's like, we have some actual, honest to God, badass, salt of the earth weaponry. That was a real here. anti-aircraft gun. Yeah. Those, that was a real diving bell. Very that, similar to the missile. Sorry to cut you off. Very similar to the missile that we had in Mind of Evil, mm. which was a real missile. Yeah. <laughs> like, you fucking crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway. <laughs> oh, let's talk Captain Hart. Which one's Captain Hart? Captain Hart is the good one. Uh, right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is never, whilst, you know, stressed and, and always, you know, under duress. I've got him down as not bagels. Not bagels. Yeah. Not bagels. <laughs> but he's impeccably dressed. He is. He is. Uh, yeah. He's a little distracted by his assistant for a while there. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> who 
takes being like misogynized both on this podcast and in that serial um, <laughs> hey, with great, great excuse authority. me I was distracted why you fuck off no <laughs> <laughs> I have no counter-argument, but I am very perturbed. <laughs> but, <fuck you. laughs> but by, um, by you know, Sir MP blah blah Clark. Clark? Um, the, the gluttonous... A uh, walker. A glutton, uh, walker, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, gluttonous walker, who I actually really, I found quite funny. I, yeah, so did I. They were like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just have a, I'll have a piece of toast and some eggs and some smoked salmon. Yeah. More eggs, please. Could you maybe bring me some more toast? That'd be great. Thanks, love. <laughs> well, then he turns... See, the thing is quite bullish, and then he keeps talking about nuclear war. Yeah. Like, that's a thing he, as a minor cabinet minister, oh, can order. I think I... Yeah, but <laughs> like, not just that. I think I, I wrote down a quote, because that... Oh, he's not even a minister, is he? He keeps saying, I'll phone the minister, and the minister will be like, you don't have the jurisdiction to order thermonuclear war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is from episode six. I wrote down a, a soundbite here, 1625. No. Perhaps you'll admit I was right all along. Massive nuclear strike, it's the only way. Not until we know what's happened to the doctor. He just tries, he just suggests, like, well, you know what? Let's just trump it. Let's just trump it. He literally calls it massive nuclear strike. Massive nuclear strike. Where? Off the coast of this island. Let's 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 have a massive nuclear strike, roughly two miles that away. <laughs> Calm down, Porky. You're a minor minor councilman. <laughs> we haven't given you the football, buddy. Why does he want to order this? Because they, I, I'm assuming that there's some ulterior motive that's just you know escaped me. No, no. It's just that he's a warmonger. Yeah. All right. He's Kim Jong Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes no sense. <laughs> he's on a naval base. Not a single member of the Navy, including, is it Captain Hearts? Captain Admiral Hearts, Hearts whatever he is, yeah. yeah. No one tells him, yeah, but, I mean, you'd incinerate all of us and the countless civilians and irradiate all of, you know, this part of the world. And this is not how chain of command works, you fuck. Also, why are you eating my breakfast? You're a civilian. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're out of smoked salmon, but you could have half a glass to shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, should we talk about Joe? Yeah, or yeah. Or should we that's... talk about the Navy's compunction to have perfectly, like, 21-year-old woman-sized air duct? <laughs> <laughs> so Why would that guy was like, that, Captain Hart was like, I'll never fit, but you will. You're not that much bigger than her. Oh, uh, yeah, he was. He wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Especially no. with the size of the air vent she was actually fucking in. Yeah, okay, she, she, she was in a fairly capacious air vent, so I'll grant you that. Here's my note from episode six when she goes in there. She, I, I've written, Joe's about to climb the shaft. <laughs> kind of hope she uh, comes out of it all sooty and, oh, nope, crisp, <laughs> white and clean clothes. Also, the, 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 the boost up, the boost up was pretty hands on. Wasn't she just like, you can get off me now. You get off me now. <laughs> Which reminds me, episode three, uh, 30 minutes, 26 seconds, Mr. Skin, Joe entering through a window. <laughs> I bet you there, there, are, there are a few people in podcast land who listen for that particular reason. I just want to cater to everyone. I want to please everyone. That's my, that's my lot in life. I want to please everyone. That's your flaw. If you have one, you're a pleaser. <laughs> We still, by the way, sorry, slight tangent. Sorry, hang on. Incredibly undeniable tangent. <laughs> uh, we still have people uh, who, because uh, in the stats, I get to see, oh, here are some of the, you know, search terms that people punched into Google and by which, you know, way they, they found us. They got to our website. And we still have people searching for, uh, like, Vicky Upskirts. <laughs> 
Which is not part of our fucking keywords, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not. It is not part of the keywords. But uh, uh, I, I guess I wrote it in some image alt text. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, busted. Wait, hang on. <laughs> I oh. meant to say I probably wrote it in... Yeah, yeah, I mean, we call her Vicky... Vicky No Pants is what we call her on the show. In uh, the, the escape... No, escape? Oh, fuck, Maybe. I can't remember. The Trap? Oh, whatever. Yeah, listen to it. It's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, speaking of other things we found out while yeah. trawling the various... Um, statistics that come with running a podcast oh oh i know where you're going with this we have a bunch of japanese listeners that yes, we want to wear konnichiwa konnichiwa that's amazing domarigato oh. eh, eh, for listening to us that's awesome deska <laughs> not really sure what that means i think it means how are you i mean like an incredible amount of people in japan yeah. arigato gozaimasu oh I, I don't speak japanese but that sounded like very good pronunciation yeah yeah i nailed that when i went to japan that was the only thing i could do <laughs> Okay, hang on. Shall we return to this thing? Uh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it, ladies and gentlemen. More... Uh... More actual content is coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? I was going to say, like, more tangents coming up. Sure. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so th- there's... We get a lot of... We just sort of backpedaling a little bit to the Sea Devils. We get a lot of just completely unnecessary Sea Devil hand action in this one. So, for, exa- for example, in episode one, there's there are the two dudes. There are only two people on this other island, this island fort. HMS... What was that? Was that a former prison or something? I can't remember yeah. what it was. Oh, no, no. It's a base. Oh, it's a science con- scientific base. converting into a sonar station. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay, well done. So it, there are only two dudes who are manning this station, and they're like the Laurel and Hardy of base guards. Like, why? I don't understand why they're there. But anyway, so there's this one scene where there are... No, sorry, there are three of them, actually, at this point, before one of them gets buys it, I think. And they're, they're playing cards or whatever, and there's one dude who's just like, I get the feeling I'm being watched. And then... Cut to awkwardly flailing green monster hand and is inexplicably reaching into the room and no one notices. And there's not like an eyeball attached to the hand. It's not like Pan's Labyrinth. There's just like a fucking arm reaching into the room just being, you know, non-human. Why? Like, is that discreet? What are you trying to do? I mean, we're back to the why the sea devils sort of looked a bit shit. I mean... Obviously, we're, we're in classic coups. So you I know. don't think so. I, I think they... Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. But the, the, or at least the movements were a bit odd. And like, so, for example, in the sixth episode, I think it was, uh, Joe looks off into the distance with horror on her... Like, Katie Manning absolutely nails impending doom. Yeah. And just, like, two sea devils awkwardly jogged to the scene with a gun that they don't use. <laughs> they, they get keto the shit out of. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> That I'm just, sounds about right. I'm just saying, like, everything about them is awkward. Not just their hand. Okay, so th- there's... <laughs> okay, I don't think this is a sea devil problem. I think this is a directing problem. I think th- when they were putting together these scenes, someone just didn't really think about it. And there's there's another one. I was just looking through my notes to see where it is. I can't find them, though, so I don't know which episode this is. But there's a, there's one scene fairly close to the end where a guard, uh, a, like a, a naval officer, naval whatever... A seaman. <laughs> seaman. Oh, sorry. A Navy chap is just standing. We get, like, a close-up of his face. He's just, like, he's peering straight ahead. He's just, you know, concentrating. And then, boom, hand on his face. And he screams and dies. Like, what, did he not see that there was a giant reptilian badass approaching him and then grabbing his face? Also, they're all naval officers. And yeah. the, most of these things are institutions where not everyone is armed for whatever reason yeah. but some proportion of them are armed surely yes 
And these particular lizard creatures die like humans. Uh, yeah, you just one gets shot later on again in the sixth episode. There's the anti-aircraft gun. Yeah. There's the mines and whatever. Surely some of them should buy it. What? They're not sneaky. You don't clearly, you could just aikido them. Well, yeah, anyway, every like, single w- p- person uh, on that base knows hand-to-hand combat. I'm sure. Well, the, you know, the master calls us frail, but. They're is equally. I mean, if you're only just talking about the physiology or physiognomy, like they're just as frail, and we've got guns and shit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, Uh, here's another thing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, is it a good one? Depends on your point of view. So the there's a yada yada yada. The master finally realizes, well, I need this machine in order to wake up everyone, as in all of the uh, sea devils. Don't really know how to build it. Hey, Doc, why don't you help me? Yeah, sure, why don't I? So now the Doctor's helping him build this thing. And the Doctor sabotages the device to cause a distraction, basically, to... to I, I mean, I assumed in order to attempt to incapacitate all of the Sea Devils. Mm. And it does to a certain degree, but only temporarily. Couple of questions. A... Why is it? Why doesn't he just crank it up to eleven and you know blast the shit out of every single one of them? And B, why does the master leave? Let that distraction go on for so long? That scene lasts about I'm going to say four or five minutes. Well, so, you know they reverse the neutron polarity. Oh yeah, they? yeah. Well, and uh, soundbite eighteen thirty-five. Once I see if the device works properly, they'll release me. I very much doubt it. You see, before you reactivated it, I reversed the polarity of the neutron flow. And he's, you know, it's basically, so that's going to blow up or wherever they are going to blow up or something. So it's not that it'll just fuck them up for a bit, like think bad things are about to happen. Mm, I think that's just, isn't that just the doctor's excuse? He goes, no, turns out to reverse the polarity of the neutron. No, 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 you're right. That's later on. It's later on when he, when they're like, oh, well, now we've been triple crossed by the sea devils. Now let's reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. Yeah. But I mean that initial device where... Oh, the little one. The little one that creates that crazy sound wave that distracts all of the sea devils long enough for uh, all the officers to mm. basically escape. Yeah. yeah. And everyone except for... Is a, is a walker? I think everyone except for yeah. walker, right? Who for some reason just locks himself in an office. But that scene lasts so long and the, the master is standing next to the literal plug in the wall... Mm. That controls this thing. He just needs to pull the plug to save his compatriots. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't. And that, that, that I, I, I just do not understand it. The master in this is actually shows himself to be much less, much less smart. Oh, this is, oh, now I've showed myself to be much <laughs> less smart than the master, uh, than, than the, than do- he has previously than been. Than the doctor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, usually they're equals, you know, they're, they're pictures equals, but. He really, really they, needs Are it. they, though? I don't feel that they are. I feel like the, the Master is always clearly in need of the Doctor's competence. What, yes, yeah, I guess so. But, like, I think as as an additive, whereas this is a full supplement, like, you know, he he needs him... He doesn't know how the circuit works. He doesn't know how all these other bits work. He, he doesn't, he doesn't realise that the thing has been sabotaged. Yeah. He's not on the same level, but, like, you know with a bit of tweaking from a friend, uh, like two heads are better than one sort of thing, it's a, I need your head, it's better than mine. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. But that's what I mean as well. I mean, he, it, it, there is a certain level of technical know-how, scientific savvy that, that the master does not have. Uh, ugh, oh, whatever, I don't know where I'm going with this. But anyway, so that scene made no sense to me. Then let's add to that one scene. The doctor goes, oh, it turns out I made a mistake. It, w- it was a silly mistake. Sorry, I fucked up. 
and this almost cost all of the sea devils their lives. Jing jing jing, I've now fixed it, I swear. Shall we test it again? No, let's not. Let's take this thing to the heart of the sea devil base, where we don't need to, you know, iteratively do some QA, UAT on this thing. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sure the doctor didn't make another mistake. I'm sure this isn't a double cross. Why? Time pressure. You you think you can just win me over by adding time to anything? <laughs> I can. Why was it? Time stress. <laughs> it's a real condition. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, for any more? Uh, let's see. Hang on. Oh, here's a scene that I really, really liked. This is in episode six. Sorry, this is a non sequitur. But there's a... You know when Joe... She goes up to a window and uh, like starts miming to the doctor, and she's got like this whole thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to do this, and she's got all these like the hands, like just signals and signs, and it seems so like just such a cockamamie way of mm. putting together a message. Mm, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, time and five minutes, and I'll be there, and you'll go there, and blah blah blah. But she's not saying any words. And he's not saying any words, but he's sort of nodding and like, yeah, I get it. A very significant chunk of me was at the time thinking like, please, please, dear God, as soon as she leaves frame, please let the doctor look straight into the camera and go, I have no idea what that clown just did. Like Jim from The Office or something, just like look at the camera and just go, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that would have been good. I really like that scene. Okay, what else? What else have you got, dude? Well, my copious notes. Let me just have a little flick through. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right, I've got Doc and Joe Vord hiding behind a bush while the authorities drive right past them. Nice. That was pretty good, I thought. Uh, We have the sonic screwdriver makes another appearance in this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's used to detonate mines. It's used to... And to to just generally navigate mines. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So sort of like a metal detector of sorts. Uh, Okay, real quick. Yeah, cover it. I don't think we covered this in enough detail. (laughs) So the master escapes in a hovercraft. Yeah, your point being... <laughs> my point, board so my point being, hovercrafts aren't entirely seaworthy. Okay. They can't go that far out into the sea. Far out, man. And they are literally surrounded by water? By the Royal Navy. Oh, yeah. Also. Full of much bigger, much more capable uh, other battleships. Sure. Uh, of, of which we have seen a lot of stock footage just now. So the clearly, planes, they're the right. Sonar, radar. It's a good thing that Walker bought it because otherwise there would be a major nuclear strike <laughs> landing straight on that hovercraft as well. I'm just saying, what what can he possibly do with that? Uh, that, uh, that dude, I, I think we talked about this. What could he possibly have done with an ice cream truck when there were multiple military trucks just parked there? And no one chased after him. It's the same thing, man. I guess so. I feel like it's probably easier to lose people on land. You know, you can just, you know, I know, maybe he ducked out and found another vehicle, you know, X, Y, Z. Uh, But he's just in the middle of the sea in a bright orange fucking... (laughs) I'm okay with it. (laughs) Don't be okay with it. We can have better. Don't settle. Well, the thing is, there are so many things I actually dislike about this serial. Mm. It's so annoying in so many places, but I still found it incredibly entertaining. I don't want to go into review territory, but like, I enjoyed this serial, and I'm not entirely sure why. Because <laughs> if if I view this mathematically, <laughs> which we I, will, I should not have been enjoying it, you know. But I really did. Um. They make another appearance, don't they? The Sea Devils. They return in, is it the Five Doctors? Three Doctors or Five Doctors, they return alongside the Cylorians. I've not seen it. I, I just, I read this on IMDb or whatever. 
Maybe that's what I'm recalling then. Because I remember thinking, I think I know the Sea Devils, and I saw those, I don't think I know the Sea Devils. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'm seeing this. So maybe they get back and they're slightly more, well, they have a bit more to do. Hmm. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what their shtick was. Do you, I mean, okay, do you uh, think they'll ever make another appearance in New Who? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we, we got the Silorians again. I'm sure we'll get more Sea Devils. They'll be more streamlined, just like the Silorians were more streamlined and, you know, modern. All of a sudden they had actual dialogue and not just someone grunting through a, uh, a mask. But the, uh, yeah, I have no doubt that they will reappear okay. at some point soon. The, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. All right. So here's another thing. The Silorians, they were the land-based reptilian life form, the dominant reptilian life form mm. on Earth. At some point they go, oh, the moon is approaching. The moon's about to crash into us. Wasn't that what it was? Yep. I can't really remember. We should probably all go into hibernation because we have the technology to all of us hibernate indefinitely. Which in some way, apparently will protect you from the moon crashing into your planet. Obviously. I don't. Rem- I remember that we had a heck of a time yes. discussing that one. So please, ladies and gentlemen, you need to listen to our Silorian's uh, review. But, but, <laughs> but I remember that we somehow justified it. Now, let's fast forward a few serials and speed in a hovercraft to the sea, where some other reptilian civilization apparently had the exact same idea. They were like, Mm. So we'll just go to hibernation. This thing just is not working out. Let's come back when there are motorboats. <laughs> Why? Or are they separate faction? Because we said the Silurians are dominant, but like, well, the Sea Devils are clearly different. Mm-hmm. Were they also a faction? They were friends. Well, not friends. They were, I mean... Were they? Did they cohabit or were they warring or were they actually separate? Are they... Oh, do we find out? Uh, no, I don't think we do. I... I... Oh. So they are also known as the Aquatic Silurians. That's Todd's Wikia. So they, they are definitely, they're just like a, a, a different, like, let's say like a different ethnicity of the same species in the Hooniverse. Like we have the Silurians yeah. and one of them is the, what we call the Silurians because some human in the episode, Doctor Who and the Silurians decided let's call them Silurians. And then we have these that we call sea devils because some idiots, human, decided, well, they look like devils, let's call them sea devils. And now all of a sudden they're called sea devils. But they're actually two slightly differing members of the same species. I think. With, oh, sorry, I take that right. Hugely differing members of the same species because one of them can breathe underwater. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I mean, we. Maybe the others can. Fish and people, we have tons in common. Live in the same place, sort of. <laughs> Got a goldfish right here. Check this out. <laughs> Flatmate. So the... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just... Dude, I'm just quoting the internet. Don't yeah, shoot yeah. the messenger. The, the <laughs> uh, quote from the doctor in the beginning. Uh, I'm not going to soundbite it because I didn't write when it, when it was. But quote is, We were friends once. Very good friends. In fact, you might almost say that we were in school together. Well, why don't you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> we were sort of in a school. It was an online program. <laughs> We've got the doctor claiming that he was wounded in, at the Crimean War, Gallipoli, and El Alamein. Uh, he also... Oh, well, see, that I think he's lying. He's just trying to say something because he doesn't... He, he forgets where sort of the relative time between where he is and what has happened. So he's trying to pick something that would sound convincing to whoever he's talking to. Oh, really? The more interesting thing is that he saws, says to Captain Hart... Captain Hart, A, believes him. Or not believes him. But no, like, he thinks he's a madman. He thinks he's a madman, but goes along with him and sort of helps and, yeah, and talks yeah, to him. Yeah, okay, sure. Takes him way more seriously than... If someone comes to the street, like, yeah, I used to, used to hang out with Horatio Nelson. I'm like, cool. Don't That's what it was. Yeah, Horatio Nelson. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. Um, and yeah, that that irked me as well. I was like, wouldn't you have more questions? Or if you think he's a madman, or you're like, you can get the fuck out of my navel base. I think he's just, or he's he's crazy, and he's shown him some creds that he's he's bought into. Like he goes, oh, I mean, these are this is authentic paperwork. He has every right to be here. Some of my superiors will be very cross with me if I kick him out. But yeah, he's crazy, so fine, whatever. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's anything mm. that that's weird. But I do think it's weird because I bought that to be an actual doctor reference because this we talked about it before. One of our listeners mentioned this doctor really likes dropping, like just name dropping mm. uh, historical figures, historical uh, events, and as in I was there. In this case, he, however, only references war and. He is against war. Like, this is not a dude who... Like, why was he wounded in three different battles? Well, because we, we've... I think we've long since established is that this Doctor, Pertwee's Doctor, Pertwee, I'm going to say... Is action man. Say, yeah, he's action man and wants to be. So he, he, in many ways, endorses war. All of the... When you think about it, they all predicate war, right? It's not that there's like an extinction level event or something's going to happen that would inadvertently fuck up other things. It's all war. Though. The peace conference is war. You know, yeah. this is this is nuclear things. It's all all war. Um, out and out invasion, out and out eradication, out and out war. And yeah, all of his references are to some sort of, you know, the espionage, there's Aikido, there's all this stuff. Yeah, you're right, man. This is just Bond. It's very Bond. It, it also it also feels very much like The Saint. Yes. Did you ever watch The Saint? Yeah. I loved that as a kid. This feels very much like The Saint. Mm. Yeah, okay, anyway. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Um, this is my, my penultimate note. Bagels blew up the Silurians. Now Doc has blown up their cousins, the Sea Devils. Mm. Do you remember how, yeah, how yeah. upset we were and how upset the Doctor was at the end of the Silurians? Not as, not as upset as I think he should have been. Yeah, you're, you're right. But now he has done the exact same thing to the other, like the, the, the only remain, as far as we are aware, mm. the only remaining, let's call them Silurians or Eocene. There's definitely a parallel there anyway, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway. Where is Bagels? I don't know. On holiday with Benton? And Yates, they're just sipping margaritas on a on a beach somewhere. Shirtless, but in their khakis still. Oh, obviously. And boots. Yeah. That's how I like to picture bagels in my spare time. Shirtless, but wearing military boots. <laughs> it's just a thing I've got. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. And his moustache is hanging. On a nice <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. How did we have the same thought I at the same time? <laughs> It's been way too much fucking time with oh, you. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, I love also, that. Also, just yeah. side note for yeah. merch. I don't know if any one of our listeners would buy this T-shirt, but I'm thinking of printing up a few hundred of, fuck me, a hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner or later, we will actually get around to creating a, a shop on Who Back When with some T-shirts, by the way. If you do have any ideas on, on particular phrases or things that we say a lot that you'd like to see on a T-shirt. Yeah, tweet us or send us an email at whobackwhen at gmail.com. We'll see if we can get those mocked up. Yeah, absolutely. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Okay, you go first. It's too Bond. Too much Bond. Too bumbly was the, the master. Too hackneyed was the exact same plot. Um, nautical theme was cool. Like the nautical theme. Mm-hmm. Actually, quite like the, the sort of bullshit uh, politician guy. In, in in how much sort of he was a dick and a glutton and, and ended up being quite milk toast. Um, oh, there's that word again. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. We're going to use that a lot. Um, uh, wasn't I was neither upset nor thrilled with Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, Pert- I mean, he's cool. Pertwee is cool. Yeah, 
but it's just not what I want from the Doctor. I would I'd watch a Bond film, you know. I'd oh, watch Roger Moore if I want it, or if I want this. Um, although I do like mini speedboat chases. <laughs> <laughs> it's undeniable in its in its sort of fun. Um, music started to tip me over the edge. I, I'm starting to feel heartless, but I'm not. I'm still enjoying this. And uh, like you said, I think sort of weirdly enjoyed this, um, but against all of my better judgment. Yeah. So I'm going to try and make that into a numerical 2.4. Wow. Okay. That's very close to what I gave it. Uh, I wrote down my score in advance. I'm giving this a 2.6. Like I said before, despite all the things that I I dislike about this episode, the things that just don't make sense, also the, the obvious places, we didn't discuss this, but the obvious bits where... They just didn't have enough plots, and they just filled it. So we did mention the the stock footage. There was a lot of stock footage. There's the, I read online, the clangers scene was literally only added because they were missing a minute and a half of an episode. And in my notes, I did write, I think this was episode two. Episode two starts with the full uh, last two minutes of episode one, or maybe it's three and two. I thought that was just a fuck-up on what like I was they, watching. They repeat way more at the start of these episodes than they normally do. And I really felt like, oh, well, you just didn't write enough, did you? Like that, that's This is your way of making up for that. But but despite all of that, I really like this. It follows a formula. You're right, we've seen this before countless times, but I really like that formula. And I'm a little surprised to hear you say that you don't like Pertwee. I am loving Pertwee. No, no, no. Well, maybe to backtrack a little. I like Pertwee... Yeah, but this is not the not the doctor the, of the three doctors that we've had on classic, and then maybe the new who, and you know who knows. I sure. the pantheon. I might be able to do some reordering, but as of today, as of right now, I'm a bigger fan of the Troutonist. Yeah, same here, Doctor than this than the swashbuckling, you know, action man. Yeah, okay, I, I I agree with that. I'm I'm with you on that one. But that being said, I do like this sort of just very, very, re- well, relatively brief The Saint interlude in Classic Who. I'm really enjoying it. And I find him immensely charming. Yes. Immensely he, he charming. He definitely is that. Uh, there's, I, I can't remember, there was one of the behind-the-scenes things that I saw uh, which pointed out a tiny little idiosyncrasy of Pertwee's that I have since been unable to unsee in every single thing that he is in. going to ruin him for us now? No, no, this is wonderful. This is, a, this is a thing that I want to start incorporating into my own life. He scratches his cheek with his index finger. Mm. Like, right index finger, left cheek, or left index finger, finger, right cheek. Keep an eye out. He does this a lot, and it is awesome. It's just like, ah, anyway, I'm going to go. Sorry, you didn't see that, ladies and gentlemen, but I was spot on. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, uh, whatever. Love this. Awesome. Except I don't, and it's great, but I will rewatch it, and so should you. It's 2.6 for me. Nice. Boom. We have a glut of them. Yes. Uh, can I start off by saying, uh, very much like uh, we did in the last New Who review, that uh, once again, this episode has been brought to you by <laughs> Zesty Orange Brandy, as donated to the podcast by Michael Ridgway. Thank you again, Michael Ridgway. Thank you, Michael, and congratulations. Congratulations! Michael Ridgway is uh, a dad. Uh, fantastic. Uh, and also, I would like to take this opportunity to say, please go to our uh, review of The Eleventh Hour on whobackwhen.com, where I will have added Michael Ridgway's long-lost mini-review, which for some reason got stuck in our inbox, and, I, and we didn't read it out. I'm really sorry. That was my bad. So thank you for sending that in. It's an awesome mini. And we have a whole bunch, a host of listener minis. Thank you so much, everyone, for sending these in. As on prior occasions, the first one, doing this in chronological order, came from Paul Forber. Hello, Paul. 
How you doing, Paul? Uh, thank you very much for sending us uh, not at all a mini review, but a maxi, uh, uh, th- one of the maxiest of maxi reviews. It's a, a fantastic synopsis of the serial. So, ladies and gentlemen, and a bit of a review. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please, uh, if you are interested, and I'm sure you are, go to whoback1.com, read Paul's review. Boom. Thank you, Paul. Next up, we've got a listener mini from Peter Zunich. How you doing, Peter? Peter, I hope all is well. <laughs> Hello. Peter writes. Honestly, I'm not sure why this story gets such a bad rap. It certainly suffers from pacing issues, but yep. any classic Who fan should walk away more than satisfied. Yeah. A heavily nautical Who show is rather rare, truth, and I enjoyed the fresh approach with a unique enemy. Mm. Fresh? Really? Okay. Uh, Peter goes on. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. Uh, Peter goes on. The sea devils themselves look great, save the restricted mouth movement, and I much prefer this version to the slow-moving ones in Peter Davison's era. Oh, interesting. As a race, they are well-realized and portrayed with a strong culture, society, and technology. It's a plot hole, though, that they can't fix the most important machine to their existence on their own, and they do tend to flounder around a bit during the action scenes. I can imagine there was more than one actor tripping and bumping about during production. After seeing the master at the naval base, there's a good stretch that seems to drag on forever, and the writing makes everyone look dumb for not seeing the obvious. Removing much of this could have could have really picked up the pace. While the entire cast puts in a solid performance, only JP really stands out. Even Roger Delgado, while flawless, has less of an impact this time around. That might be a flaw, mate. honorable mention however goes to the sea devil leader who at times actually somehow manages to emote in that hard shell of a costume peter concludes i admit i'm biased towards this episode but that's only because well i just like it that's all that's in my that's in my book it earns a sorry my dinghy and motorcycle are gone but i do have a tricycle you could rent (laughs) (laughs) huge you should have written, written this, Peter. <laughs> and, and he gave it a? 3.2. Strong. Very strong. We didn't talk about that scene, by the way, or those scenes. I love that that guy, just, someone constantly shows up, <laughs> like, buys a, or rents a piece of transport from him, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically bribing him, like, look the other way while I rent your motorbike. <laughs> okay, awesome, Peter. Thank you very much for sending that in. Next up, we have Trenton Bliss. How you doing, Trenton? Hello, Trenton. With a mini. With a mini, Trenton. Yeah. Trenton goes, I think Peter Zunich was onto something when he said any Doctor Who story that has a castle in it tends to be rather good. Hey, Zunich, did you hear that? Nice one. One thing the story plays well with is suspense. The sea devils melt through doors, attack sea forts, and are menacing throughout the story. Similar to how, how their land cousins, the Silurians, were done. You don't get a good look at them until later in the story. I think that's the way to go instead of having them be revealed in the cliffhanger of part one. Mystery is good. We're halfway into the third Doctor's era and the Sea Devils reaches an apex in ambition and quality. This could almost be the quintessential Pertwee story, but for the absence of units. In their place, we have the Royal Navy, the odd bit of scratchy archive film, but lots of fresh footage shot in and around naval facilities and the... Solent? Solent. Solent. That's my home. Uh, So I think it was in Portsmouth. Oh, really? Uh, I think. Uh, which is, yeah, my hometown. Oh, wow. Uh, lengthy negotiations with the Ministry of Defence paid dividends. If we'd had to pay, it would have cost us thousands of pounds, but in fact, it cost us nothing, said producer Barry Letts. It was good propaganda for the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> the Sea Devils is one of these rare stories that get everything exactly right. Oh, fuck me. All right, then. Forget Jaws, it was the 1970s Doctor Who classic that gave British kids the shudders during the seaside holidays like Doctor Who and the Silurians before it. I shall also give the Sea Devils a 4.0 out of 5. Wow. 
that is that's super generous. Also, did it get everything exactly right, or did it get maybe four out of five right? <laughs> now that is an uh, awesome mini. Thank you very much, mini. Trenton. That's a really really good one, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You can fist bump Trenton online. He is at Trenton Bless. That's Bless with two S's. Yep. Next up, Arthur Fushake. Fushake. Oh, the fuck's sake. Oh. Gotcha. Bingo. Right. Arthur, fuck's sake. I prefer Arthur Fushake. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Arthur, if that's really your name. (laughs) Nice to hear from you again. Do you want to take it away? I'd like to just start by explaining that I chose the name Arthur, fuck's sake, because that's (laughs) what I mutter to myself sometimes when I watch this program. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, for fuck's sake. Gotcha. Gotcha. I prefer Arthur Fushake. Um, (laughs) I'm talking about those dreadful moments of classic who that we just love to hate and that makes the the great show so wonderfully unique my R for sake moment (laughs) for the serial therefore has to be the appalling background music yes even though I understand it has since become something of a cult favourite among soundtrack collectors fetishists (laughs) (laughs) people like all sorts of shit don't they (laughs) yeah they do Arthur Fuck's sake goes on. As for the serial itself, I thought it was great and a fitting sequel to the the earlier Pertwee adventure featuring the Silurians. I especially enjoyed Delgado's performance in this, as the master was indeed on tip-top form and had his charmingly sinister best throughout. The Doctor, Joe, and all the supporting cast were also excellent, and I found the Colonel Freemason character particularly entertaining. I was, however, interested to note that although all the prison staff were trained to resist hypnotism, the Colonel himself was unable to resist the power of gentle persuasion. Ah. All in all, a thoroughly gripping and well-paced yarn for a six-parter. It falls away slightly towards the end, but an enjoyable example of traditional Doctor Who nevertheless. Mm. A rampant smattering of humour, irony and sarcasm throughout, as well as an open plan, <laughs> as well as open plan citrons, CCTVs and, uh, that look like air vents, yes. the clangers and turtle-headed <laughs> sea devils in string vests that run like girls. What more, <laughs> what more could you possibly ask for? And he says, my score for this has to be a four. 4.15 recurring. <laughs> Let's just call that 4.2. <laughs> Thank you very much, Arthur. Yeah, brilliant. Very. Brilliant. Okay, so we've got some more. Next up, Matthew Dennison. Matthew. Hello. <laughs> no, Matthew. Matthew. No, no, no. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> why is that so funny? I'll tell you why. <laughs> Zesty orange brandy. <laughs> Real talk. Okay, Matthew writes. After apparently uh, apparently contemplating executing the recently captured masters, the authority instead decide that the next best thing is to entrust him to into a gullible duffer and some mustachioed gendarmes. <laughs> 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 and it's a good thing they did, because otherwise we wouldn't have the Sea Devils. It's a fantastic story. Ah, thanks mainly to the involvement of the Navy, but also to some well-chosen stock footage, excellent model work, plenty of location filming, and the mostly great sets. This story looks terrific. It's also incredibly charming, with nice moments such as the master watching the clangers or everyone bribing the ferryman, yes. And Joe gets to be badass here, knocking out guards, rescuing the Doctor and piloting a freaking hovercraft. The guest cast is also great. Trenchard came across as rather noble at the end, although still an idiot, while Walker was hilarious as the story's most villainous character. 
apart from the sea devils and the masters. Although, no, he was trying to affect thermonuclear wars. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. That's fair play, Matthew. I'm going Uh, above his rank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Captain Hart makes for a good brigadier substitute, making Blythe this episode's Benson. Although, since he managed to kill more monsters with one burst of a machine gun than the unit managed in two years, perhaps they should be headhunting him to replace the brig. (laughs) Oh, blasphemy, Matthew. Blasphemy. (laughs) Matthew goes on. The negatives? The music is best described as... Interesting. (laughs) The Sea Devil base looks a bit lackluster, and the Doctor again makes several questionable decisions. Particularly, why tell someone to watch a master hypnotist closely? (laughs) Isn't that exactly what you shouldn't do? (laughs) And finally, I love that at all times the Master carries a rubber mask. Yes, 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 Matthew. He clearly now ex- uh, now expects all his schemes to fail, so he's beyond well prepared to get <laughs> to make it get away. I'll give it a four point four. Holy smokes! Okay, that's the that's the highest one we've got so far, isn't it? Yes, yes. it is. Oh wow! Oh, awesome, Matthew! Huge heart. All right, mm-hmm. here we go. Next up, we have Kyle Rath. Hello, Kyle. How you doing, Kyle? Kyle, right now, as we speak, he just uh, sent a tweet of him having a drink with us. So, cheers, oh, Kyle. Oh, chin-chin. Chin-chin. Oh, hang on. Dude, raise your beaker, man. Let's make this legit. Ka-ching. Chin. <laughs> right. Kyle oh, writes, Greeting, yeah. old chaps. Do you enjoy incidental music that sounds like a, synth- a synthesizer dry-humping an accordion? <laughs> How about fish people in fishnet clothing? Maybe some Venusian Aikido with a dash of incomprehensibly placed fencing sabers? Well, you're in luck, Kyle goes on, on this silky smooth Delgado mustache ride that explores the depths of governmental bureaucracy. The Doctor and Joe hang out with the Navy, plumb the upside down with Whisperfish 5000 Sonic Silurian Band. Sorry, that should be EOC and Euros Holmes, I mean the master, tries to sort out his final problem with the help of Mr. Grumblebum from The Rock. He eventually says fuck it and runs off in a slow-motion, <laughs> slow-moving aircraft, which is clearly beyond the scope of the Royal Navy or Air Force or anything with more than 15 horsepower to catch. My jocularity aside, this serial is not bad. Showing just how crappy it can be when you are trying to be diplomatic and end up eradicating part of a unique species. Joe is eminently resourceful, and we get a bit more backstory to the Doctor-Master relationship. First times, reverse the polarity of neutral floor, used twice here and in Five Doctors only. Ah, there you go. This is one of those stories that shows just how good of a man the Doctor is and why we don't deserve him. 3.5 out of 5 for the number of trips back and forth between the base and the naval yard, <laughs> the off-putting music, and the fact the Silurian stroke, Sea Devil stroke, Eosins got fucked over again. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that is a really poignant and hilarious mini. Thank you very much for sending that in, Kyle. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please do yourselves a favor and follow Kyle online. He is at Sinister Super Spy. That's super without any vowels. Awesome stuff. And we have one more. Only one more. Wait, let's do the rating together. Okay. Okay. So, Tracy from, from America. America. Right. <laughs> Hovercraft escape and a jet ski chase? She gives it a rating of, This, this is, is the future, future baby. <laughs> <laughs> We said this so off air. We, 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 you know, we we don't tend to rate these reviews out in entirely, so it doesn't color our own opinion. Yeah, and then we, read we tend to not read them at all, but we do copy paste them into a different document. Yeah, so <laughs> this one can, was so short that we accidentally read it. We accidentally read it. <laughs> this is, and we read it as this is the future, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Commas are important. Uh, <laughs> Tracy, now, awesome. I'm going to translate that yeah, because I speak fluent Tracy. Okay. That is a 4.1. 
Strong, Tracy. Yeah. Strong. Huge. I mean, you gave it a little bit more than I would have given it. In fact, you gave it a little bit more than I did give it. But you know what? Strong nonetheless. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow Tracy online. She is at Yekatnyatnuf. That's Fountain Tracy backwards. I can't do that with you. You need Drew, <laughs> you need Drew for that. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed talking about the Sea Devils with you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> What's next? First, we're, we're going to do a new review. It's going to be The Beast Below. We're recording that next week on Wednesday. So send mm. us your mini reviews before then. Or, you know, back through time, if you want to, because that's how podcasts work. After that, we have another classic Who review. Do you know which one that is? The Mutants. Well, you're right. Yes, you are. I just double-checked. <laughs> Trust is strong, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> this brandy. <laughs> Seriously, this brandy, it packs a punch. <laughs> Please send us your listener minis for those. People can follow you online, can they not? At Nekulele. That's right. You can follow me as well. High-five me online. I will high-five you right back. I'm at Ponkin. You know how to spell that. Catch you in the next one. Be rad and excellent to each other. Rock on. And cha-chao. Well, I don't know, Bert. <laughs> Blamo. Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account, no lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who Review, New Who Review, or <laughs> still funny, Audio Who Review. Cha-chao. Who Back When. <laughs>